You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, we're going to wrap up your training camp preview. Uh, yes, it's a, maybe a day or two early, but uh, Pete and the high school program are going to go off and uh, get a little mini camp in as they start to get ready for their 2019 season at Streetsboro High School. So we're going to close it off here tonight with the quarterback position, with the running back position. Uh, Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your local experts on the biggest stories heading into the Browns 2019 training camp. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound brought to you tonight by Hotels.com. They don't discriminate, guys. Use them. Get rewarded. Take advantage of some really great deals. Uh, Be there. Do that. Get rewarded with the fine folks over at Hotels.com. Uh, Pete, uh, this is, I mean, we're in the 72-hour window now. Um, just again, we play with the fingers crossed and just the crossing the days off. But, uh, you know, knock on wood, barring any last, you know, God forbid anything otherwise. But it, it, it looks like the full 90 should be showing up and being ready to go, which is a front office's dream. It is a coaching staff's dream. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of teams that are messing around with, uh, you know, conditioning tests and all that mess. Uh, and, and a some certain in- chubby nose tackle in Baltimore. Um, but, you know, so far there's no indication the Browns are messing around with that. So, you know, short of any last minute and fingers crossed there isn't uh, last hurrah off the field. Uh, everybody should be arriving and hopefully healthy and ready to go. I mean, Landry pronounced himself healthy, although the explanation there was a little sketchy. Um what was but, it for yeah. everybody, Pete? He suggested his body was just tired or sore or like it was a general wrestling. Like, so he's giving an excuse. I give it 45 and he had it. All right, sure, why not? And it sounds certainly like something they don't want to disclose. Which, you know, I, I, I wish he would have just said that. Like, it's, you know, just say I'm fine. You know, that's it. Or, you know, it's not going to get into it. Uh, but, you know, my body's good. I mean, it's. Bizarre to say the least that your you know your your body is too sore to perform in parts of a celebrity softball game. I mean, it just you know it, it just sort of defies belief. But again, uh, you know if he's healthy and ready to go, I, I don't really care. Um, so yeah, I mean every everybody appears to be full go and and we're ready to ready to get this thing started. Uh, which is, you know, I mean, it seems, uh, you know, I, I just go back to doing the final post-game show, uh, the Raven loss, and obviously, you know, beginning of January, um, into where we are now, and it's just like, um, actually, probably late December, I'm sorry, um, but here we are now, and, you know, it's it's one of the things that's always about football is, even if it's the off-season, even if it's the regular season, it just doesn't seem that anything goes by faster than football does, and here we are, literally firing up the coals again on another Brown season. Uh, we'll start it tonight with the quarterback position. I mean, there's questions to be had here, obviously, up top, um, and then how they're going to fill out the rest of that room. But, uh, you know, Pete, we, we go into this here with, you know, it's not that just Baker Mayfield has established himself, you know, in the locker room, on the field, in Cleveland as the Browns should be the Browns future at the position. It's a league wide thing now. And 
the fact that his wedding got the coverage it did, and you know he is one of the new face, young faces of the NFL at the position, and the NFL is probably pretty smart with this. I mean, with Ben, with Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, you know, Tom Brady. There's some really good group of quarterbacks. Well, some really good, whatever. To about to depart from this league, and you know you want to get these new faces and the keys at the position you want to start getting that build up for them and then your product as well and it's it is that case i mean baker's wedding it was hush hush it was you know you're not allowed to take pictures and then the stuff was leaked as a part you know as as they wanted it done and it's a business thing and you know he's a as long as everything continues to trend like it is pete he is a new face of the nfl Right. Um, at, at the very least, he is a very easy person to sort of uh, find reasons to cover. I mean, he's uh, he's a lightning rod. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a lightning rod. He he is not uncomfortable in his own skin. He's not afraid to sort of say things he believes, um, for better or worse. And both of those things, either being you know cocky or borderline cocky or defiant or standing up for himself or whatever, it's very easy to find reasons to sort of talk about him, he, you know, in, in the same ways that uh, Johnny Manziel was, but for better reasons, obviously, uh, you know, far, far more proven talent, but all the electrifying ability on the field with less, less downside, um, you know, and, and the NFL desperately wants him to be good the same way they desperately want Mahomes to be good the same way they desperately want Deshaun Watson to be good. Uh, they need that this this new generation of quarterbacks to take over for you know Brady and Breeze, Breeze and uh, Rivers and, and Roethlisberger who are soon to be out of the league uh, and they've been sort of waiting uh, for guys that just have not worked. I mean, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota were supposed to be part of this next generation and they just aren't. So they have, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP was huge. Bigger Mayfield sort of coming out and lighting the league on fire this past year was big. And, you know, there's always the question of sophomore slump and all that stuff. And, and uh, there's that pressure to deliver again. But at the same time, you know, it's good for the NFL. You know, it does, and it's not because it's in Cleveland, but certainly that's that is a good part of it uh, for us. And, and the fact that the bronze are viable, which is good for the league. But just they they need all these guys as, or as many of them as possible to be good. So they have, you know, that another, you know, great sort of generation of quarterbacks to, to have to carry this league. Yeah. I mean, and these are the guys you're going to want to fill your Monday nights, your Thursday nights, your Sunday night games, your four fifteen. I'm sorry, four twenty-five on the national games on Sundays. And you know, with any product, you've got to cover your bases. You got to cover your ass, so to speak. And, you know, the NFL, trust me, that is one thing where they are really well. Um, Pete, as we go in a year or two, um, you know, you're, there's always the sophomore slump, that type of thing that people get worried about. There is, you know, certain pitfalls. What, I guess, we'll, we'll, let's go to the positive side of it first. What exactly, where can Baker get even better than what we saw in through, you know, 13 and, uh, 13 and a half games last year? Well, I mean, everybody, you know, would 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 hope that the NFL is going to slow down a bit for him in year two. Uh, you're hopefully he's not going to make some of the same mistake and get fooled by some of the coverages he got fooled with last year. And then, 
you know, the easiest thing to sort of point out is there are a couple of games where he was miserable in the first half uh, and, and, you know, tried to make up ground in the wrong ways and, and made, you know, dug deeper holes, but then came back in the second half and, and was really, really good. And you're hoping that he can uh, either get over the mistakes quicker or just avoid them in the first place so that he doesn't have to. Uh there, you know, and there were some plays where, you, you know, you're missing gimmies uh, that, that you, you wouldn't want him to miss. I mean, he's shown the ability to make, you know, incredible throws, but there were, you know, in a couple of games, that Ravens game, for example, there were a couple bunnies that he missed in between those and just getting more consistent from that standpoint. So there are a lot of areas where he can get even better uh, as he gets more comfortable in what he's doing. And obviously, you know, your year two, you're entering year two and, and you turn up and look and go, oh, hey, there's the, you know, one of the top three to five receivers in the league in any given year uh, that, that should hopefully help take his game to another level. Uh, and the only thing that really stops him or uh, is something defenses change that maybe he hasn't seen or a weakness that they've found that they can exploit. But really, it's just a matter of, can they keep him upright long enough to deliver the football? And that's not really on him as much. I mean, certainly he's got to be smart and, you know, don't take stacks and those type of things, but it's creating an element that he really didn't have that much, much of last year. And certainly some of that is he's very good at manipulating the pocket. He's very good in terms of his awareness in the pocket. Uh, but, you know, teams are theoretically going to adjust and try to come up with different ways to do that. And he's going to, you know, it's the adjust to the adjustments type thing. And can he do that? And or how long would it take? I mean, so much of what he did last year was the fact that he was adapting so quickly. Uh, that That is what made him so impressive. And that is where it makes it really difficult to see him having a, a down second year or whatever. It, it just all those ingredients seem to point to the fact that he's either going to be as good, if not better, uh, this coming season. Um, I'm with you, and you know, obviously the the two critical games you talk about when you talk about Baker Mayfield last year was obviously the uh, you know at Houston, obviously Week 17 at Baltimore. A couple takeaways from that is you know understanding how athletic and how good the linebackers are at this level, both in the Houston game, both in the Baltimore game. He kind of got caught of, there might be a guy open the, under the linebacker. I'll go over the linebacker. The linebacker was that good, was that athletic to able to nab him on a couple of throws. And that, you know, hopefully is something, you know, that he's now got in the back of his memory. I don't think, you know, there's some guys that it needs to happen three, four, five, six times before they realize maybe there's something to it. Baker, quicker study than that. Um, I think that's probably one thing he even focused on this year, whether it is, all right, I've got one guy, you know, I've got a receiver at six yards. The linebacker is at nine yards. I have another receiver basically crossing the same area at 12 to 13. Well, to, you know, figure out which is the correct one. And sometimes it's okay, especially if it's first down, second down. Take the gimme, and you know we'll come back. We'll play another day. Um, I do go back to the Charger game. There was a couple of those instances as well where he had guys open, you know, early early in routes. They weren't big routes. Didn't necessarily feed it to him. I know it was Higgins a couple of times. Um, and part of it, if you go back to every one of those games, what was the common denominator? The Browns were down. Um, 
just because you're down, and this is what happened with the Njoku third interception in Houston is, and you know me and Pete have you know spoken on this one a bunch of times is, you're not going to make up 14 points on one throw, so don't try to do it. And you know look, just continue. And look, there's going to be some times this year where Baker's just going to have to understand. All right, usually the guy running the shortest route is probably going to be the easiest, safest throw. Uh, you you bring in Odell, you know obviously the, you know these you know. These defenses are going to be playing back. They're going to understand it. So if, if there's some drives, there's some halves, there's even some games where you just got to nickel and dime it, just take it and accept that's what it's there. It's a respect for you. It's a respect for the talent around you. And it's just kind of where you are now. But, you know, you'll still catch some defenses slipping, and you'll still see something pre-snap that says, ooh, we got something here, and just take advantage of the best opportunities when they're there. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, there's an element of you have to take the prod, but you have to be able to accept that, you know, you you may have to punt. You, you know, that may be what you need to do to win. Uh, the, there there will be a game or few where they need to, he needs to, you know, control, uh, let the game go where it's going without trying to control it to the detriment. Of, you, you have a great defense that there may be a situation where you're sort of having to, put things together to figure out what you guys have to do to make the offense work, but you can't put yourself in a hole in the first place. And that's, you know, look, you're, you are trying to prove that you are the franchise. You are the, you know, the, the guy that's driving this thing. And that's not always easy to sort of turn off that you're trying to, make that thing and you feel like you have to be the hero type thing to, to win games. And there will be a time when the exact opposite will be the case. And you have to sort of be willing to let the game come to you. And I think the Broncos game to a certain extent was a little bit of that uh, last year where, you know, they, they largely, had, uh, you know, the running game and defense is largely what won it. And it's not to say Baker Mayfield didn't do things to play well, but that, there will be a game where you have to do that. And it could be a playoff game where you have to do that. And you have to be able to sort sort of navigate through the uh, difficulties and, and not make a bad situation worse. And, uh, you know, there you have to be able to sort of get over mistakes and recalibrate and sort of figure out, you know, you take mistakes as feedback and be able to uh, figure it out and, you know, come back and win. And that's what's going to make, the difference between a good quarterback and a great quarterback, you know, a good, you know, a good quarterback will have certain games where he's going to go off and put up a ton of yards, but the great ones are the ones who can, can do that, that, that can put up the big numbers when they need to, but can be smart uh, and not lose games for you. And I think, you know, Tom Brady has sort of made that an art form is in multiple, the Super Bowls that they've won. It was, wasn't because Tom Brady was, you know, the man for four quarters, but he came up big in a big situation. And, you know, he's remembered as a bigger hero than maybe he should be uh, just by virtue of the fact he was great in that moment. And that's ultimately what's going to define you. Yeah, and and I, I, I don't think we have any doubts. Um, look, there's going to be times where a cute quarterback just doesn't get a hot hand. But you bring in Odell to this mix where Baker was already extremely comfortable with the group he had. It's, you know, and there's high expectations. There's no way around it. I guess the trickiest thing, Pete, here is 
How are you filling out the quarterback room? Uh, you and I are in 100% agreement. Only two quarterbacks are suiting up on Sunday. And in a perfect world, nobody takes a snap other than number six. I guess it, what it comes down to is, you know, is Stanton's knowledge, experience in the game, still that important in year two with Baker Mayfield? Does Gilbert show enough in you know in the preseason? You know, coming look. I mean, what he did in the AAF. AAF that's you know, it, it, yes, he was the best of the bunch there. Don't know if that means a hell of beans in the NFL. But does he show enough in preseason action to warrant where you don't longer need Drew Stanton? Um, obviously, you know, Blau. You know, you like him. Could he possibly you know stick around as a practice squad guy? But it's it's really between those two, and I guess it'll come down to you know, what's valued more, what Drew can do for Baker, or you know, God forbid, is is Gilbert the best of what's left, so to speak? Yeah, I I, I I'll expect it's going to be Stanton. Uh, my reasoning for that is that it's entirely going to be about what's most important to Baker Mayfield, what is most useful for Baker Mayfield, and and I think. Uh, Drew Stanton is still valuable as a sounding board. He's still valuable as a, an extra set of eyes during the games to sort of uh, bounce bounce things off of, or maybe see something that he's not seeing, or or, or sort of be able to put him in the right mind space. Uh, it's not always about you know what can the second quarterback go in there and do, and that you know I don't think I don't expect to see anything from Garrett Gilbert that's going to make anybody go, oh, we got to keep this guy anyway. But having said that, even if like Drew Stanton wasn't as good as Garrett Gilbert uh, in preseason and, and those type of things, I still think it's 100% about what is more valuable to Baker Mayfield. Because if he goes down, it doesn't matter. Neither of those, no, nobody training camp right now is going to save you from that scenario. And even if you go, if it's like a two, two to three game stretch, you know, Garrett Gilbert's not saving you from that you're still looking at it going hopefully we can get out of this one and two um so you know gary gilbert is not eligible for the practice squad i think if he is released i think he'll just be sitting at home and that if all else fails they can sign him i don't expect there's a big market uh, of people trying to get him after that i do think david blau is going to be a guy they try to stick on the practice squad for a little bit or somebody if somebody else gets released they like better uh, they may add them, uh, you know, depending on if they had some draft grade on somebody they liked or whatever. But it's Baker Mayfield and then Drew Stanton, and that's really it, unless something, somebody comes up or, or basically Baker, uh, you know, makes it so it's not, you know, it's not in his best interest to keep Stanton. And, and I, you know, that may be one of those things where he doesn't realize that he needs a Stanton for another year more than he does. But that's what I expect uh, this is going to end up. I do not – I think that third that third roster – that third potential quarterback spot is way too valuable as a roster spot for any number of other things that I don't think a really mediocre to bad quarterback is going to take it. Oh, it, it, there's no doubt about it, especially when you're to the point where you're, you know, some of your draft choices are predominantly maybe going to be relied on special teams first. You you, you just you, you cannot just throw away that third roster spot because it doesn't matter if you get to QB2. It certainly is not going to matter 
a hill of freaking beans if you get to QB3. Um, now, this one comes from the Locked On Browns DM messages, and we'll just do this here before we get it over to the running back position. I just want to get the name right. Uh, uh, J with an E. Um, question he has, if not asked, and something we haven't discussed yet. It's tough with Baker preseason-wise because he is only a second-year quarterback. But what is it? What's the what's what would be the appropriate plan, Pete? As far as you know, how much he gets to action he gets to see this August? Uh, I I'm, I don't know what you know what you gain by sort of like overprotecting him and putting him in bubble wrap. Uh, look, it, the well, basic, that he might annoy the living crap out of you if you don't let let, let him at least play enough. Right, like I, I expect he'll play like a series or two in the first game. I expect he'll play uh, almost a half in the second, and he'll probably play a half in the third and maybe come out for that first drive in the uh, the third quarter to do the whole simulated coming out of the half. But it, I want I don't expect him to play more, but I don't expect him to play not at all. I, you know, if you're going to say, look, I mean, if it's not there, get it out, get out of it quicker than normal uh, because you're just trying to get you know, a couple of reps and, and getting that flow and those type of things, that's fine. But, you know, I don't expect them to put him in bubble wrap uh, for the for that, that time. I mean, they do want to get some reps, and certainly he's a super competitive guy that's going to want to be out there and, and get those reps. Like, I don't see value in sort of saying, well, we're not going to play him at all until week one. Uh, I, I, and I'm sure there will be people who be arguing that, but I, I, I don't think that – is you know I think the 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 reward outweighs the risk in that scenario, but you know we'll see if Freddie Kitchens disagrees. But my my guess is uh, he will play like like laid out. Well, I mean, again, there's still nothing yet achieved by this team, so it's great to have expectations, but there's still you know the work needs to be done. And and if you've been there, you've been the product. Then maybe you can start cutting some corners because you're kind of given that liberty. Uh, you know, it's a quarterback position. It's you know, it's look, it's it's Baker's team, it's Baker's city, it's almost Baker's franchise at this place. Obviously, a bunch bunch of talent is in there along with him. Uh, we'll get here to the running back position in a second. But Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round for a limited time. Postmates is giving locked on listeners a $100 free delivery credit for your first seven days. Download the Postmates app and use the promo code locked on, capital L, capital O N, locked on. Appreciate Postmates for their sponsorship of the show. Pete, we talk about this running group and it's. Just to actually look at it at its face, I mean, and, and to talk about the fact that you have three individuals, all certainly capable of putting up 1,500 total yard seasons. Uh, you throw in a kid who they like in Hilliard. Um, obviously, Kareem Hunt is a, you know, it, it's almost an afterthought right now. Yes, he's here, but, you know, come that final uh, preseason game, he's gone and it's two months. But the potential in this room is it's not it's not good. It's not really good. The potential of this running back room is about as close to great as you can possibly get. Yeah, if you know, if you're just saying based on talent, you can easily make the case bunch in the NFL. Um, look, they've got a guy who 
it seems a lot of people are like hesitant to embrace uh, as a star, or at least there seems to be some pushback on that. Uh, you know, Saquon Barkley is regarded as a superstar, and yet Nick Chubb, who was you know, arguably better in some of the most important metrics, uh, is sort of looked at, well, let's see what you do in year two type thing. Um, and there's every reason to believe that, you know, he's going to be as good, if not better, uh, because of everything else they've done in the offense. I mean, if he adds more to uh, the passing game as he gets comfortable in that area, then that's, you know, more yardage there. And when, if and when Kareem Hunt comes back, uh, that gives you another dynamic and that he's a, a good pass catcher out of the backfield and a d- dynamic runner that can uh, make plays in between the tackles. And, and he's got, uh, he's, at least with the Kansas City Chiefs, showed all-world ability. So in that standpoint, you'll have two guys who have at least suggested they have franchise talent, and then you get to a guy like Duke Johnson, who's certainly very good in his own right, and then uh, you know you you get it. You get another player that you want to see what he can do uh, and and become that sort of fully fleshed out utility player that can sort of do all all the little things to to make give him a role. Uh, in in lieu of the fact that, you know, if they need somebody on special teams, if they need somebody to come in and block, if they need, you know, a pass catcher, those type of things, if, if for whatever reason one of the guys gets hurt, they need to fill in all those things and, and just to be a weapon and sort of be valuable, then that becomes an interesting angle to see, especially in training camp and preseason. Like he uh, is somebody that you want to see prove that he can sort of fill in for Duke Johnson and, you know, if and when they trade him, which seems to be an inevitability uh, at some point this year, likely I think the tra- still think the trade deadline. Uh, but you know, if they work it out with Duke Johnson, that's even better. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the fact that you have three good backs and you're 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 trying to see on a, a, a fourth, and you know, Cream Hunt's not going to be counted against the roster for for the eight weeks at least, and then you're going to. You know, if 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 you move on from Duke Johnson, hopefully you're still at three good backs by that point. So they have all the tools to be a great set of running backs, and yet, you know, it's almost at, at some points you're taking it for granted just because of everything else they have on that offense in terms of the passing game. Like it's it's sort of like accepted. Oh yeah, the running game be good. It's just a question of how good, which is a testament to how. Uh, I suppose quiet Chubb is on one hand and that he doesn't draw a lot of attention to himself and, and how reliably effective he is on the other, because it's, it's just sort of a understood that that's going to be a big, big uh, factor within this offense. Yeah. I mean, easily the, probably the quietest superstar on this roster. And it's not to say like a miles Garrett is loud. He's just, you know, he's a vocal, he's an outgoing guy. Nick is just, you know, and I remember when, uh, I had uh, Nathan Zagara on last year, and he even said, he said, you know, like, they kind of tease Nick like he's, you know, they call him Old Man Chubb, and it's like he considers Wednesday practice like it's an hour and a half before kickoff. It's just the way, you know, some guys are wired, which is very, very different to be that way in 2019. Everybody's, you know, seems to be a little more laid back, a little more loose, a little more vocal. Um, you know... The Duke thing will be interesting how it plays out. Uh, you know, there's so many scenarios about where we could be from now until, you know, eight, you know, going into, you know, week nine. Um, yeah, week nine is when he'll come back because the bye week will be before the before the eighth game. 
so there's so many scenarios where the team could be. Uh, you know, is has Duke been contributing on a big time basis and the team's winning? And you want maybe whatever. Well, let, let's worry about this in the off season. I'm enjoying this. We're enjoying this because I do think there's a part of Duke Johnson that says maybe I don't want to disrupt this apple cart because I'm enjoying it. A and you know it's okay to be selfish in those respects. Also, he gets himself a little January time on television. That doesn't hurt in somebody, you know, potential suitors in that. Um, the thing with Kareem Hunt, which, you know, I'm excited for the on-field Kareem Hunt come week nine if, you know, everything, you know, has played out. Because now you're talking about Kareem Hunt, who's already basically, you know, in, I guess, I think he missed three to four games last year. You're So you're talking, you know, 26, 28 games in the NFL. He's kind of toyed with the league at this point. So now imagine getting him where he is completely fresh and the rest of the league is not. I mean, he just comes in and starts doing his thing again. Um, and that's the joy of it. If you, you know, if you just want to focus on his receiving abilities, because you know, Nick's everything's been going well from that aspect, and then maybe work him in for some, you know, carries here and there. Um, Hilliard, it's it's going to be interesting because even as much as you like him. And you think there may, you know, the young man may have a future in this league. The question is, how do you work it in? Um, you know, at best, he's the third back. You know, even whatever happens when you know Cream uh, comes back, if you, even if you move on from Duke, he's still the best. Yeah, at best, the third back. So it's interesting, and you know, you know, you kind of feel bad for Hilliard because it seems like he's a good kid and all, and it seems like the franchise really likes him. But it's it, it's a tough spot for him to really find an opportunity for himself. That being said, I, didn't, I don't think any of us ever thought you know Dontrell Hilliard was going to catch ten passes last year, or even get the opportunity to throw a pass last year. Um, but the running group, I mean, this is a fantastic group. I think the most difficult part is just going to be managing it all and you know this is going to come with freddie stump mitchell here there's a lot of good here and it's just going to be a question of you know when you hit and you know sometimes you're going to roll the dice with one guy in one thing and you know maybe you'll go back later and look at the film and say man maybe that wasn't the right play there but there's no shortage of talent here and it's in my opinion there's no reason that this running that running back group should be you know between you know running the ball receiving the ball i mean easily you know just spitballing you know, 2,000 to 2,500 yards of total offense, Pete. Well, I mean, 2,500 seems to be about right because, you know, they've had, you know, Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson at, at points had 2,100 total yards. And, you know, it, certainly uh, you're looking at other parts of this roster to deliver big-time plays. But, I mean, it stands to reason that you should be able to get at least that much out of these out of this group in one way or the other, but just, 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 just that much talent. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so much of this is going to be how, how Freddie Kitchens best wants to utilize it and how creative he wants to get with it. And obviously he so showcased his ability to do that last year and with more time and more, uh, you know, ability to sort of get to know these guys and, and the, the, the offenses as a whole, it seems like he could, do even more in that respect and come up with ways to sort of be uh, tricky in terms of maybe they line up, in, you know, Kareem Hunt or one of the two at, you know, a position that's not really a running back and sort of that slot role they did last year with Jarvis Landry or moving one of them out wide or all those types of things that can create mismatches or at least make the opponent think, uh, which can create some opportunities and some creases and some numbers advantages, uh, and that 
could yield some big time yardage. I mean, there's the sky is the limit with this group, and it, it, beyond staying healthy, it's basically as long as they can stay out of trouble, then it's all there for them. It's just a question of how they want to go about it. You know, I, I think of a scenario where Baker's in shotgun, uh, Nick's to his left, Kareem's to his right. Kareem motions out to the right-hand side. Odell Beckham's on the right-hand side. So now, already you have all the attention you're putting on Odell. Now the attention now comes to the fact that Kareem just motioned to the slot. Uh, you could, hey, just straight run the ball with Nick, and you've already got everybody on the back, back of their heels. Um, you, you can work in the screen game from there with Kareem. Um, anything you can do with Odell, uh, wheel routes with Kareem. You could uh, fake the ball to either Kareem or Odell on the right-hand side and run the backside screen to Nick. There's, it's, and I mean, I, I hope Freddie's enjoying this, and I'm sure he is because it's, there's just got to be times where he's in the middle of his day going, oh, wait a minute, stop, all right, and, and just things to jot down because when you've got this much talent around, I don't think there's ever a time where it's, you know, oh, that sounds stupid. It, it's not going to sound stupid when you got this much talent around you with, you know, the weaponry that they have at the skill position. And, you know, it's it's almost got to be in, you know, for a coach and especially a first-year head coach, a first-year offensive-minded head coach, it's got to be the dream, Pete. Sure. Uh, look, I mean, you're balancing, you know, your your want to be creative and your want to sort of play with your toys, so to speak, with what's smart, what's, you know, avoiding getting too cute, and then at the same time winning football games. I mean, the, the pre- dealing on the – delivering on, uh, on the fact that you have to win first and, and sort of answering that bell. But, I mean – Look, Freddie Kitchens has been super creative and has had a lot of success with it, but at the same time, you have situations where you've got clear throwing interception. I mean, there's a balance you have to strike, and you have to know when to find, you know, you've got to sort of be able to be honest with yourself about what's working, what isn't, and where's the line in terms of what's going to be best for your football team as opposed to what's just playing uh, and trying to make things work that really shouldn't be or are just cute too cute by half. Uh, and that's, you know, so far I think largely Freddie has been up to that task, but obviously th- there have been some miscues and, and some issues there and not nowhere near as bad as they were under Hugh Jackson. So that's certainly a positive, but yeah, finding where create creativity is great and where just being a smart football coach, uh, adds up as opposed to, you know, not having that pulse and not understanding where that is and potentially making mistakes and, and becoming sort of like an Andy Reid type where, you know, for all the offense and the ability you can create that what happens late in the game, you end up being too cute or, or, or getting reputation and, and not being able to deliver. And that's, you know, those, those are the challenges Freddie has to face. And, you know, so far he's not only, uh, looking forward to them, like this seems to be what drives him as a coach. Yeah, you know, many first year, I mean, first time head coaches, you do not get blessed with this opportunity. And the other thing is, it's not like he comes into this completely blind. Uh, he already knows his quarterback. Uh, you know, he knows most of his top weapons on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you added the guy for Pro Bowlers to do his gig. Uh, it's it's one of the sweeter 
first-time head coaching gigs you're ever going to get to put in, even if it is in, you know, where everybody else is going to be the naysayer. Oh, Cleveland, Cleveland, you know, it's going to happen because Cleveland, da da da, da. Uh, Seems a lot there. Well, that's certainly not going to be the case. Uh, ways to assist Pete. Uh, follow on Twitter, at BrownsMaven. BrownsMaven.com. Sign up over there. Be a member. Go into the forums. Discuss the articles. It's pretty much Brown-centric. So, you know, you're really only talking Browns fans. And obviously Twitter, at times, gets to just be a nuisance and a hassle within itself. There's no doubt about it. I will never disagree with that with any of you. And, of course, follow Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, Pete, we've done, uh, you know, a couple shows here today. We're going to lose you for, you know, a couple days here. League-wise, Brown-wise, pre-training camp-wise, anything we've missed? Um, I guess Justin Reed of the Houston Texans. Uh, he was hit from behind by a drunk driver. Uh, according to him, everybody's fine. Nobody was hurt in the accident. But, you know, uh, you're, you're getting ready to go to camp, and these are the th- types of things that happen that don't go well. Uh, you know, Ken- Kendrick Norton of the Dolphins was waived. Uh you know, in in with all of his issues, uh, with with his car accident, which it turns out he was cited for, although there was no thing, he wasn't like drunk high or any of that stuff. But nevertheless, uh, it's about you know not everything necessarily is the player's fault. Uh, they can go wrong in these types of situations, but thankfully Reed is okay, and uh, hopefully that everybody else is as they head to camp. Yeah, uh, you know it's. Uh... It's bubble bag time. It's, you know, bubble wrap time. It's bubble boy time. Uh, keep yourself safe, and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see all 90, uh, 90 of yous on Thursday morning. Uh, obviously, guys, we told you where you could go ahead and help Pete out. You know, and, again, make sure you're following at uh, underscore Pete Smith underscore the Locked On Browns Twitter account. Always keep it follow back at uh, Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Always feel free to jump in the DMs. Um, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Again, DMs are open there. Uh, anything everybody's lo- and looking for, any questions you have, anything you'd like to hear on the show, go ahead and feel free to flood in that respect. Um, I did tell you guys, I will, uh, I'm doing one show this week on the Locked On NFL podcast for Matt Williamson on vacation this week. So looking forward to that. Going to have a little fun doing that. Um, just can't appreciate everybody enough. Uh, like I said, with Pete stepping out, we're going to get Brent Sobleski in here tomorrow for a show. Uh, we're going to sit down with Mark Schofield for Tuesday. We'll de- dig a little deeper to Baker in a year or two and stuff like that. And, you know, we'll bust Mark's chops about the Patriots and, you know, see if maybe that that gap is getting closer, hopefully, between them and the rest of the AFC. Um, appreciate you guys uh, for everything. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns. Okay, good, sir. What happened? Oh, no.